Okay, howdy everyone. This is a five-minute crypto daily update for Wednesday, April 26. Uh, I listened to yesterday's update and it just sounded a little bit off, so we're gonna make up for that today. All right, there's a lot to cover. And we've got Coinbase trading data. We've got Terra co-founder Daniel Shin. We've got Bulgaria. We've got some more data on the U.S. money supply. Let's get it on. Got to get it on. In the words of Adam Carolla. As of this recording, Bitcoin is up three percent in the last 24 hours to 28,400. Uh, this is on CoinGecko. ETH is up two percent to 1,870. And I think there's some speculation that this recent increase is due to better than expected tech earnings and some liquidation of short sellers. So what's going on in crypto land? First, we have an article from the Financial Times on Coinbase. Their trading volume fell from 49 billion in March to 27 billion in April. Which is the lowest it's been in 16 months.、Uh, the share price has also fallen 15 percent. It's currently trading around 55 dollars and 55 cents. And this drop is even though crypto prices have risen, which usually is a good indicator of their trading business.、Uh, so I think that's why the Financial Times said it was concerning. And also they mentioned how Dex volume is growing. Maybe that's eating at Coinbase market share. In March, Uniswap's trading volume was 69 billion compared to Coinbase's 49 billion. Next, we have an update from Bloomberg and CoinDesk on Terra co-founder Daniel Shin. He was formally indicted along with nine others in South Korea for violations of capital markets laws. The prosecutors claim that these ten have profited almost 350 million U.S. dollars before Terra Luna's implosion, and they froze 184 million in assets. Um, if you remember, Do Kwon was arrested in March in the Eastern European country of Montenegro, and I think he's sitting in jail awaiting extradition either to Korea or the U.S. To quote from the CoinDesk article, Shin's lawyer Kim Ji Dong said he has nothing to do with the collapse as he left the company two years before the fallout. He voluntarily returned to South Korea immediately after the collapse and has been faithfully cooperating with the probe for over ten months, hoping to contribute to fact finding. Okay, last among the articles, we have an interesting zero hedge piece on Bulgaria, which is a small Southeast European country. Its population is 6.8 million, and it holds one of the largest government-owned stashes of Bitcoin in the world. At last count, it was 213,000 Bitcoin, which they seized from a criminal import gang when Bitcoin was worth something like two dollars. The total stash was worth half a million, and now that stash is worth close to six billion dollars. By comparison. El Salvador is estimated to own around 2,400 Bitcoin, or almost 100 times less. MicroStrategy CEO Michael Saylor has 130,000, and estimates of the Winklevoss stash range from 70,000 to more than 100,000 Bitcoin. Okay, now on to some things from crypto Twitter. We've got a thread from Nick Gurley on how U.S. M2 money supply is contracting for the first time in 90 years. And he says that the only other periods this has happened are sort of a who's who of terrible times. Basically, all the depressions and major banking crises. To quote, "What's so problematic about this money supply contraction is that inflation is still an issue. So businesses will have less access to capital, just as they need it most to pay for expenses and payroll expansion. Yikes! That's a recipe for mass bankruptcies and layoffs." Second, we've got a thread on Coinbase's lawsuit against the SEC from Meta Lawman. 
Uh, my takeaways are he believes the case will move quickly, unlike Ripple's own case against the SEC, and that Coinbase has as its lead defense Eugene Scalia, who is a son of former Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia. To quote one of his tweets, while Coinbase's action does not directly affect pending SEC cases against Ripple, Bittrex, and others, it does a great job of shining a spotlight on the SEC's contradictory positions of its authority to regulate digital assets. Other judges will take note. Now on to some recommended reads. I've been spending some time on DeFi Llama dashboards. It's DeFiLlama.com. All of these links, all the notes will be in the show notes. I just wanted to share a few very high-level highlights. The top projects by TVL, Lido is number one, followed by MakerDAO and Aave. Uh, the top projects by 24-hour fees earned, Ethereum is far and away number one, followed by, again, Lido and Uniswap. And the three biggest stable coins across all the chains are Tether at 81 billion market cap, USDC at 30 billion market cap. I assume that has taken a hit in recent days because of the US banking instabilities and Binance USD at 6 billion, which I assume has also taken a hit because Binance has come under more regulatory scrutiny. Okay, that's it for today. That was about five, five and a half minutes, a bit shorter than usual. Um, all the links are in the show notes. You can follow at 2DGensPod on Twitter, and please subscribe for more. We're going to have Vance Spencer on the Bell Curve podcast, and he just gives a few high-level impressions of his recent trip to Asia. I came away from Korea just like even more convicted in Web3 gaming. There are so many Web3 gaming companies that are building in Korea. Like One of these is going to hit. Like Law of large numbers, somebody's going to make something happen. All of the local big gaming companies are marching in the direction of putting things on chain. Um, And I would say that, you know, we're going to see a bunch of games come out of there and probably the next year, like they're pretty early on in terms of their development cycle. Like most of them are launching like their land or NFT PFP collections this summer. So like call it a year until they really get going. Um, And Korea, just like a bunch of really interesting consumer apps as well. Uh, I mean, the, the other part that I kind of like talked to, but didn't go to talk to people that went to the HK conference, there's so much excitement coming out of China as well. Apparently mainland China is now kind of back open in terms of being able to access exchanges. There's a bunch of provisional exchange licenses that are being given out, um, that are effectively facilitating the on-ramping of spot and fiat flow. And unlike two years ago, uh, there looks like there's actually off ramps to these exchanges. It used to be like you'd P2P trade USDT for bank accounts. That's been formally outlawed and they've like actually put in proper off ramps. 